So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. All right, everybody. Welcome to this segment of 15-Minute Friday. This is totally different than our other 15-Minute Fridays. I got Rock here with me, my trusted co-host, and today we've decided a lot of times of the 15-Minute Friday we show these huge deals we're doing and progress on everything from buildings. Me and Rocker are currently buying a business and we talk about these things, which are good. I like to give people insight to understand first and foremost that me and Rock, we are practitioners. Cash flow to freedom is what I do when my kids are asleep and I am up at night and it's a great chance for me and Rock to get together, but it's, this is free. I don't make money off this and we make a living by putting our money on the line by doing real estate deals, businesses, running day-to-day employees. And that's that's important to understand. That's why I do the 15-Minute Friday. But because we give so much insight, I think, on lots of times things that are going good, we thought that this 15-Minute Friday, we're going to talk about something a little different. And I think that's important for people to know and understand when things go bad and how bad that they have gone. I think most of you know that you know I've had some struggles in life. I was uh, once paralyzed and had to relearn how to walk. But business-wise, I have grown to where I think a lot of people would have dreamed of through my income and sales and running and had opportunity that I realized was special to me and that maybe others didn't have. And I almost lost everything. And it was horrible absolutely nightmare. And by lose everything, I cannot stress <laughs> the the loss that was impending. We're talking millions. And it was not only me, I put my family's money on the line as well. And um, we ended up in a huge fraudulent situation with the business we bought. The person was then uh, defraud us and was trying to take everything from us. And it was hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars of lost potential revenue and everything. And it almost took us down completely. And it was also shouldn't have ever happened. I shouldn't have done it. And I think that's the thing that people need to understand. You can blame things on market cycles. You know, a lot of people got to blame the recession on their big screw ups, which is wonderful. I wish I could. Nope. It was all me. It was a hundred percent me. <laughs> I've heard you talk about it a few times and I think it'd be cool to kind of hear maybe a broad context of what you guys were doing and then probably what would be most valuable is what drove you to do that and where it blew up like what what the bad actions or emotions that you did that you experienced caused the outcome you know what i'm saying so a little background a lot of people know i own a brokerage company i had one before that my father had started he was in insurance that's why i went into insurance to get started and we sold, like I made money off commissions, right? I, I would sell, people would pay me. You know, we call it eating what you kill. Yep. And that was that was great because you have a large potential to make money, but you also have a huge potential to lose money because those people could leave any time. So I called it my treadmill. I was on a treadmill where I made, I ran as fast as my legs could carry me. And that was really good because I was hungry and I would run a lot and I was making good money. But I learned that the single transaction base, I thought, well, I'll just go out and buy individual brokerage firms and 
then I'd get all these clients. It, it, it's I just pay for so them. buying companies like yeah, yours exactly buying and companies getting all like their ours. clients to pay you monthly. Yes. Okay. And so I thought, oh, this is so much better than selling one off because we can get so much more at like the sales cycle is long and everything like that. So we started doing this. We had some great hits, some great buys. And then I, I'm from Idaho, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go in the big time. I'm going to go into a market that has massive upside, and in, and to get into it, I'm just going to buy a firm. So I went down to Florida, which, you know, oh, East Coast, Florida, big city time, right? And I thought, it's time for us to go shine and show all these people what we know and what we got. And I was down there talking to a brokerage firm, and the guy, and I was telling him, oh, yeah, I'm coming down here looking to open up an office and want to buy a brokerage firm, a gentleman that was taking us to Florida. We were going to hire him. And I thought, well, this is perfect. I'll just buy this 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 guy that had we knew him from an association, and I'll just buy his firm. He asked me to buy it. And I thought, oh, wonderful. This is great. Match made in heaven. I'll just buy you. It was a large deal, larger than I should have done. And I, 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 my britches were pretty full, apparently. And I went into it, and there was the red flag started flying, right? Like immediately. In your gut, you mean? In my gut, and two on paper. You know, I could draw this out as a long story, but first of all, my gut told me I shouldn't do it, but my greed and pride told me, no, you're going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do this. It's going to be a huge hit, make me tons of money, make a huge name for myself, and then I'm just going to go buy everyone in the whole entire world. So. I went in. Was it not profitable? Or like, can it you was give me an example? Yeah, it was profitable. So they had a what bunch of clients. What was the red flags? Like- One of the red flags was a lot of the suggestions they were making. So when we started doing the contract, some of the things that they were suggesting were just weird. Like suggesting for like, what you should do with the business or for what? Uh, for um, what they wanted in the contract. Okay, like okay. he didn't want his wife to be in the non-compete. And I'm like, well, your wife works here. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but she's just a mom at home. And why would you oh, yeah. constrain her? You what if she wants to go to an insurance going. company? Yeah. So at the time, I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're so awesome. We're going to buy it. And then he started saying weird things. Like he started mentioning, he started telling me about a guy that sued another guy that had bought him. In our conversations, I'm sitting down there and he starts telling me about this guy who sued him and how it was so cool because he got everything. And I was like, that's weird. Why would you even talk about that? I'm, I'm buying you. It's, you know. And he just started being really weird and then started saying how he didn't want to sell. And huh. I was like, no, we're clear into this. We're doing this. I'm forcing this. And I think that was one of the major problems. I forced pride. something to happen. And it was just pure pride. Yeah. I wanted to do it. Pride and greed. And long story short, short the most of the revenue was tied up into three accounts. And these three accounts, we closed the deal. His wife immediately went out and took. All three. All three. Legally took them with contracts from carrier. Because he had firm. removed his wife and from the non-compete. Him. Yep. He also put in the contract that if the revenue dropped below a certain point. He gets it back. He gets it back. Yep. So. They would. Yep. Exactly. Scumbag. So it was totally set up. Yep. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But I still should have. It was a bad contract. My attorney told me it was a bad contract. Yeah. And I decided not to listen to it. Okay, so always listen to your attorney. Number always, one. Yeah. Uh, number, listen, listen to your gut, one. Listen, <laughs> listen to your attorney, to two. And don't sign stupid contracts, yeah. three. And I'm in the middle of this. And then, two, I guess I thought I could save it. I didn't know when to cut my losses to walk away. But the problem was, too, it was such a big deal. I couldn't just cut my losses. I had to make this work. We ended up selling the company. He was suing us for everything. We, had to, we sued him back for fraud. It was a massive blow up. And two, the thing about this is lots of people think, oh, you fell, you walk away. This this went on forever. Well, that's the thing. You, the lawsuit's not only money. It's your it's your sleep. Oh, jeez. Like, I, probably... I was depressed. Yeah. My life was gone for a year. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a good dad. I wasn't, like, I just, my whole life went to crap. And I had just bet 
my entire future, my kids' future, everything that I'd worked hard to earn. All my parents, I got my parents wrapped up into it. I had my dad come in on the deal because he was my business partner. And I'm like, no, let's do this. And they put their money into it. And uh, I'd put name, everything on the line. And it, and it failed. It failed horribly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, we were going to lose everything. And, you know. <laughs> How would you get out of it? So we cut loss, which we lost tons of money. And we ended up selling it to another company. So you, you at a even with the loss. three accounts gone? Yes. Oh, so you sold it with, with what was the left? Three accounts. What was left? No, it, we, it, it was, uh, oh, probably $1.2 million loss. And, and on the hook for way more than that. Yeah. We got out lucky. And that's um, the 1.2 is not your attorney's fees or anything. That's just the, the value loss. Or is that everything factored in? I think in? that was one point two to one point five. Everything. I mean, we had like eight hundred thousand dollars in attorneys' fees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it, the attorneys' fees were going to take us out anyways. Right. It it was one of those. It was a Titanic moment. Yes, it was. Just, it was. Just, it was like, wow, great! I just lost everything. My whole, whole entire life that I'd built, that my family had worked hard to build, and you know, it. it I, I don't say this to scare people. First of all, I don't, you know, say this, but it's an experience everyone can learn from. Though, it's an experience yeah. everyone can learn from. And, uh, I avoided, re- I avoided red flags. First of all, contractually based. I was in a market. I didn't know I was doing something driven by pride, by greed. I should have never been doing it. And two, frankly, it was something I knew I couldn't pull off. It was long distance. I didn't have the infrastructure or the social capital to pull it off. Yeah. Looking back, obviously I was just like, well, Duh. There was yeah. no way I was ever going to win. Yeah. I was always going to lose that. So time. what would be some of the things that you would, that version of you a year before it happens, what do you tell that person? I'd tell them, first of all, don't go to Florida and try to force <laughs> a deal yes. that you can't do. You're, you and live it's in too Idaho. humid. <laughs> it's too humid. It sucks. Florida people are crazy. Florida people are crazy. And they have a weird... Uh, two-faced kind of uh, talk here. And two, not though that it was their fault or anything. It was mine. I was the idiot. I signed the contract. I think well, 100%. and they were fraudulent in their actions. They were a hundred percent fraudulent. That seems um, like. A... I feel though that I let them be, be fraudulent. fraudulent. Yep. And that's so. It's like, yeah, I could blame it on him, but it was me. I let them because you let them do what what he was trying to do anyway. And I'll never say who, what, when, why, anything like that because it, it it doesn't matter. But it did almost tank me down forever. It was one of those ones where you're licking your wounds afterwards and you're like, I don't know that I'm ever coming back. From this. So how do you, how, what, how did you put, put it back together and how, like, how did you move one on? One of the things I said, it was, it was a moment that I looked in the mirror and said, first of all, you have obviously a pride and ego problem. And if you don't control that and recognize that, then you're going to take it down. And what I realized is nobody thinks that they do until they realize they do. Mm-hmm. At the time, I probably would have said, I don't have pride and ego. I did. That was it completely eroding away my progress. It was completely eroding away the ability to build and scale. And I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And I realized, what am I trying to achieve? And then it was this big shift that I'm like, I want to progress in life in a good, healthy way, help others and achieve financial freedom. None of those actions that I was doing was helping that. Yeah. That was just pure driven by ego, which now my ego is shattered. <laughs> so it didn't matter anyways. I looked at it and said, I can either learn from this and move on and build something great where I could fail. And it was actually that reason that I started up uh, Bitterroot Holdings. And I went to my family and it was, you know, eat crow. I apologized and realized I apologized. I put all of them in that situation, right? When you're starting out and when you're doing deals that are out your reach, you need all the capital that you can get, social, mm-hmm. everything. And I'd put everyone at risk. 
that was working with us. Everyone from employees to everyone, right? It, it was bad. And I had to eat crow. And then I came back and I was like, I'm never going to let this happen again. And so I spent a year studying my brains out. Like I can't even, I mean, I was just, I'm like, how do you avoid risk? I started studying stock market fluctuations and how, you know, uh, hedge fund managers evaluate risk. And I started plotting out asset classes and looking at how credit crises affect them. And I just went like all in, I was like obsessed. And then I found out if I want to become financially free and if I want to create a process that I could progress, I need to be able to compound at an own rate of return. And it was a simple thing that I came up with. I need to be able to buy a business or I need to be able to own a business that pays for itself. It pays me and it's profitable. Those profits need to be reallocated at a known rate of return. As in, I need to be able to take that money, put it somewhere that I can get a rate. It can return capital to me and I know it's going to. Yeah. None of this gambling, none of this, it's a proven strategy. Yeah. And then I need to be able to repeat that over and over and over again. And I need to be able to move horizontally. So every single time that I did an action, it was secured, it was profitable, it was safe. And then I could do another one and another one. I could legally separate them. I could divide risk through financial means. But then too, I could also scale. And uh, so I, I took some of the aspects that I was trying to do, but screwed up. We created Bitterroot Holdings and we created a wealth capturing strategy. And that, I mean, that led to over a hundred million in assets, which was unfathomable at yeah. the time. And my greatest failure, I believe, turned into my greatest success. Right. But during the time I was depressed, gaining lots and lots and lots of weight, publicly humiliated, personally in shambles. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not like that was easy and everything like that. And then I took a big gamble again, which too, looking back, I'm crazy that I even did. I then went and told my family and said, hey, let's all put our money. Let's all risk this all again. Let's do this all over again, but we're going to do it in a different way this time. Yeah. You had knowledge and you were going into yes. it. Yeah. With your eyes up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, you know, through this podcast, through my blog posts, through my information, everything that me and Rock talk about, and we talk about these great wins and hits, it's important to know that if you're struggling with this idea of failing, if you're struggling saying, I've failed, I can't get up, or I can never recover from something, you always can, first of all. You, you don't can have a always come back. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a choice, exactly. Yeah. So you either get up or you just, you know, lay, lay down. But those are huge opportunities to learn from. And I believe that you know, the, what I learned from it, it will be the basis of all the success throughout my life. With that said, you should never, ever gamble that hard to where you're going to lose everything mm -hmm. to learn a lesson. And that was, that was just stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid, stupid. I should have never put myself in a position where I'm gambling the house to get a little thing. And, and I, it's one of my favorite quotes from Warren Buffett is you never risk what you need for something you want. And I think it's because I've done that and it was stupid. And now I live by that. I'm not going to risk what I need to get something that I want. I can't tell you how many businesses, real estate deals, ventures I've turned away from because I'm like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. It doesn't help me with what I'm doing now. It doesn't get me to my goals. And also, too, before you do actions, before you do the deal, are you doing it because the deal makes sense, because the numbers make sense, or are you doing that deal because it's being driven by pride and ego? Yeah. And that'll take care of most of the problems, I think. Yeah. So anyways, this is kind of a different 15-minute Friday, um, but I hope you all enjoy not only hearing our wins, but hearing our tragic, embarrassing 
humiliating epic fails because uh, <laughs> they're there. But uh, let me know if that was helpful. And um, also, feel free. You know, we actually didn't record this one. This one won't be on YouTube. So this one's just for the this this 15 minute Friday is just for the podcast. But you can go on to YouTube, Cash Little Freedom, and see all the other 15 minute Fridays and everything else we're doing. So thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflowwiththenumber2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much. Thank you.